Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Big stories. Big guests. The Big Picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. All right. Well, I think most folks are familiar with uh, the, the, the facts, the, the general facts around the, the price differential and the Alberta government's response to it. Right. That uh, we were facing a huge price differential in the price of Western Canadian select. And one way to address that price differential was to try to drive up the price of Western Canadian Select. And given the forces of supply and demand, one way was to limit that supply. In other words, to cut production. It was controversial. There were some in the industry initially who were calling for this. I remember the UCP coming out, uh, coming out and calling for this. Uh, and finally, the government relented. And said they were going to mandate an across-the-board production cut. Now, just recently, they announced that they're going to ease up on that a little bit because of how the price has responded. But but it still remains in place. And there are divisions still within industry about whether this was a good idea and what kind of an impact that's having. Now, one aspect that's arisen as of late, and, and certainly it's of concern to the Alberta government, is the impact this is having on oil by rail. In lieu of new pipeline capacity, there's been a lot more oil moving by rail. And the Alberta government sees this as sort of a short-term solution until we can get more pipeline capacity built to add more rail capacity and move more, more oil by rail. The problem with that approach, however, and as a result of this production cut, is that Canadian heavy crude, as Bloomberg News reports, has become too expensive to ship by rail. Suncor Energy's chief executive, Steve Williams, said last week in a conference call, the rail economics are seriously damaged and a lot of the rail movements are stopping or have stopped. That's going to have the opposite impact to what the government wants. Now, by the way, Deputy Premier Sarah Hoffman, speaking with reporters today, was asked about these developments. Here's what she had to say. There's a report out that says crude by rail has just tanked since the differential has been come up. Has that changed the government's plan at all to purchase more rail cars? Is that kind of putting that plan in jeopardy at all? Uh, I don't have any updates to give to that today. Uh, as uh, as I understand, we're continuing to move forward full speed ahead on all three options. Of course, uh, getting our pipeline to Tidewater, the first pipeline in over 65 years uh, to Canadian Tidewater is uh, a, a real focus, and that's the ultimate long-term solution, but we absolutely need short-term and and and, uh, and intermediate solutions as well, and that's why we came up with the plan we did, and we continue to make sure we monitor the state of, uh, of impacts within the uh, local economy and making sure that we've got good jobs for Albertans. Okay, so I don't know if that's going to fill anybody with confidence, but uh, clearly it's something the government needs to be aware of. And what do we do in the meantime? Joining us to talk about uh, the impact we're seeing with regard to uh, oil by rail shipments. Very pleased to welcome to the program uh, Mike Walls, a senior crude oil analyst responsible for production forecasting and market analysis at Genscape Incorporated. Mike, thanks for making some time for us here. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks a lot, Rob. How's it going? Really good. Appreciate making some time for us here. So you've been keeping an eye on this. What are we seeing over the last few months then in terms of, of rail volumes? 
So that's a good question. So over the last few months, we've really seen, it, it, in terms of late 2018, we've seen really a ramp up of crude by rail. So a really solid material ramp up, um, higher volumes than we've seen ever at Genscape uh, at our monitored Western Canadian uh, rail terminals. Now, that being said, there was a lot of folks that back when Keystone ruptured, uh, if you remember back in late 2017 and inventory started building, mm -hmm. they wanted rail to be basically available immediately. That wasn't the case, and it finally started ramping up basically in second half or Q4 of 2018. Um, and now, as you were, you were pointing out there um, before, is that now we're seeing some of that rail come off, and you're seeing these companies such as Imperial and Suncor uh, provide commentary that's saying, hey, this is not economic for us currently, so we are going to take down volumes, which makes sense because it's a market reaction to a market condition. Right. So in the last few weeks, then, we, we've seen a, a drop-off. Yes, absolutely. What, what are the economics, then, that, that become challenging? As, as the price of Western Canadian Select has is, is increased as a result of this production cut, what, what's the impact that has on the economics of moving it by rail? Right. Well, all that is is basically the market bidding up these barrels to a point in which, so Western Canadian Select is obviously priced to a differential to West, West Texas Intermediate. And mm -hmm. that differential, when it's priced at Hardesty, should include transportation costs to and uh, a quality factor. So obviously WCS is a little heavier. There's a little more work involved in creating, taking WCS and creating light products such as diesel, gasoline, etc. Now, for most of the rail that's coming out of Western Canada, especially all the rail volumes, the heavy rail volumes or WCS heavy oil, uh, most of those are going to be going to Pad 3, which is Texas and Louisiana, because Pad 2, which is the mid-continent, is basically served already and can can get their supply from Western Canada uh, by pipeline, by the Enbridge mainline. So really, the break-even becomes what does it cost to get to the Gulf Coast? And to get to the Gulf Coast, depending on when the contract was executed and who executed it, or um, it's really going to be between that really 15 to $20 range. But more recently, we've seen 18 to 20 yeah. So the, the benchmark, or the discount on the benchmark has is, is narrowed to little as seven dollars a barrel so that that's well below than what what the economics would would call for to make that that viable oh absolutely and and it's important to remember that's that's prompt month or that's basically forward month so there's there's futures contracts associated with with any commodity so if you look further out and say the back half of 2019 you're going to see some of these the rail differential or their differentials essentially in rail within rail economics so in the money so late Q4 2019, it's, it's around negative 19. So that's going to cover your 15s, your 16s, your $17 differentials. But in the near term, these producers are reacting to what they're seeing basically right in front of them, which is differentials at 9 to 10 under WTI, which is in no way uh, economic and is in some cases not even economic on a pipeline. But um, So that's really kind of what their reaction is, is being driven by. So that, that discount, though, may widen then in the coming months. Is, is that the expectation? So that's where this rail fall-off really makes things interesting and makes the government's job probably a little bit more complex than maybe they thought it was, is that with this rail uh, capacity essentially coming off, so say Imperial was quoted saying they did 90,000 barrels a day out of their Edmonton ter terminal, in January. So if they're going to zero in February, that's 90,000 barrels per day that is not available to take it out of Western Canada 
and then thus will end up in in Western Canadian storage. So basically, you're you're trying to pull volumes out. It's like you know, if you're a keg of beer and you start with a a, a pitcher to pull the pull the beer out, and then now that's January. You move into February. Now you've got a pint glass yeah. because essentially you're you're decreasing the ability to move those barrels out of Western Canada. So if more goes into storage, that may drive the price back down. Correct. So then the, the market forces themselves may work to motivate some of these producers to start moving rail again. But you kind of have this yo-yo effect of drawing down inventories based on production cuts and those barrels being bid up and making rail economic to then rail coming off and pushing inventories up. And then now you're back in your econs. And the thing with rail is it's not the most elastic uh, transportation resource in the world. It's not a pipeline. So there's a lot of effort that goes into ramping up rail. There's getting the tank cars to where they need to be. There's getting the locomotive capacity. There's scheduling it on the rail line. So it's not a just on off switch, which I think was demonstrated very well when, uh, the original issue when Keystone broke back in 2017. Well, speaking of Keystone, I mean, if we had Keystone XL up and running now, obviously there is some uncertainty around Keystone XL, but how much of a difference would a, a project like that, that kind of capacity make at the moment under these circumstances? Oh, I mean, it would make a world of difference. You're you're effectively clearing the market by pipeline. Granted, you would not need rail at that point, mm-hmm. but you would also be realizing a sustained higher price for Western Canadian barrels. You wouldn't see this volatility. It would essentially be pipeline economics plus uh, quality uh, quality difference between WTI and WCS that should be uh, pricing pricing a barrel out of Western Canada rather than this kind of up and down volatility that you're seeing with, with uh, the uncertainty on the production curtailments and then the uncertainty on how much rail is really going to be there at the, at the end of the day for these guys to, or for these market participants to ship on. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, and obviously in lieu of Keystone XL, becomes a real dilemma for policymakers, doesn't it? Do, are you trying to encourage additional capacity? You're trying to encourage uh, policies that are going to drive up the price of the barrel because, as we see here, maybe at, at times you're operating at cross purposes if you're trying to do both. Oh no, it, it gets it gets convoluted, absolutely, and we've been watching that closely. And obviously, the the government intervention is a is a new market force in terms of modeling kind of Western Canada supply and demand, but um, that it's something they, they absolutely have to think about because if you if you just tighten the market too much in terms of actually uh, no uh, basically taking too much off the market and tightening the differential too much then yes your your investment in rail becomes less and less shiny because of you know we're not going to need it if it's if it's out of the money so and it's there's still there's an argument to be made as if private industry could have cleared those barrels with their own rail capacity which it seemed they were starting to do in late 2018, early 19, and now we're, we're kind of in this dilemma of, of um, you know, where, uh, where, where does the government go from here? I mean, they've announced that March curtailment volumes, but, you know, we'll see if March stays where it is or not. Indeed. Well, much more to Genscape.com. Mike, I really appreciate your insight. Thanks for making some time for us here. Yep. Thanks so much, Rob. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.